Hello, Tecla users. Uh, you are listening or watching again Tecla podcast and where we are all about the practical knowledge about Tecla, how we can help you and what the kind of information can help you. There are two things that we are keeping in our mind to how we can raise Tecla efficiency, get things done faster and how we can minimize our project mistakes and uh, raise the quality is the main thing. Uh, you can listen this podcast or watch this uh, YouTube video. Uh, today we are planning to mostly to talk, maybe a little bit uh, show in the end one project, but I think if, if you will listen this podcast episode, then you will get most of the information. Uh, today we have a guest from Esplan, Estonian company, and this uh, company is uh, more or less already 30 years old from 1991 and they have done many projects. They are the special or like uh, differences that they are looking uh, different kind of uh, improvements outside of the box and uh, try to find different, um, yes, how innovative solutions, let's say so. And uh, I have looked also their uh, different uh, videos, their different presentations and and if you look for the YouTube uh, channel, Esplan channel, then you will find some very interesting uh, developments that they have done or what they are introducing there. So I, I recommend to check them out also. But uh, today we have our guest, he's uh, Raido Schiff. I hope it went well, it's not normal Estonian <laughs> family name. And he's a uh, structural engineer in Esplan uh, since uh, 2016, I think. And uh, today we will talk uh, from the perspective of uh, one Tecla user or the structural engineer who is using Tecla structures so we can see uh, what kind of systems or how they are doing in Esplan and, and what is there uh, going on. So welcome Raido and uh, was it the correct introduction or the facts that I told or, or do you have something to add to what I told? Yeah, hi Sten, thanks for having me. And hi, everybody who's who are listening or watching. And yeah, the introduction was lovely. <laughs> and you got, uh, I think you've got everything correct. I've been in Esplan for five years now, since 2016. Uh, but I've been a Tecla user since 2012. So yeah, that's, uh, that's about me and Tecla. <laughs> 2012 it was quite long time ago how was the how was the start at the first for you how, how it went then that was version 16 was the first one that i saw not 2016 no not 2016 <laughs> just 16 with the lovely toolbars and uh, confusing uh, user experience but how did you start learning or how did you start using Tecla structures? Did you start uh, like using on your own hand or, or by your own or how was it? At that time, I went to work uh, as a technician in Marovahitus, hi. And uh, I learned by starting modeling. <laughs> or actually I started with drawings at first, just making job drawings and uh, and general arrangement drawings for steel structures mostly. Then I got handed the smaller modeling jobs, then larger modeling jobs, and so it went. Uh, yeah, and then when I went to work for S-Plan, I took my Tecla usage uh, with me and then started using Tecla there. I was the first one. Uh, from the structural department to, who used uh, some sort of modeling software. And uh, now I think uh, everyone at Tesplan is using uh, modeling software, not just uh, 2D drawings, or maybe the landscape architecture. Those, those people still do most of their work in, on plans. Yeah. Very good. I, I have noticed that many companies use this tactic when, when they're taking a new uh, engineer or draftsperson to the company, the engineering company, then at first they give these uh, 
drawing finalization uh, or these drawing tasks, doing the draftsperson work, because uh, once the model quality is good, model is well done, then the drawings is... Uh, you can't do so much damage and, and it's a good place to start for new people and then uh, step by step this way, as you mentioned, to go up. I would like to ask, uh, do you know, Raido, why, why S-Plan chose Tecla, Tecla structures to use? It's not the cheapest, the cheapest uh, software on the market, but... Uh, well, actually, at the time, uh, we were comparing it with uh, Revit, of course, and with, uh, what was the software from Germany? Uh, Nemechek. Yeah, Nemechek. Uh, all plan, I all think. Plan, yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the the price difference was not that high at the time, since we were using uh, concrete concrete modeling licenses only. We don't do shop drawings in S plan or 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 yeah, shape drawings or anything like that. We 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 finish our detailed design with. Uh, with uh, general arrangement drawings. Shop drawings are, are for another phase of the project. So yeah, we, we started using construction modeling licenses and uh, those weren't like terribly more expensive than Revit was. And I don't know anything about Revit. I tried, I tried, uh, I, I've worked in another company and I tried to get started on Revit, but the whole logic was like, kind of twisted and I didn't enjoy that. Yeah, and that's how we started uh, using Tecla. And uh, first I was alone, then I started, uh, I don't know, not teaching as a teacher, but like giving tips and tricks to, to my colleagues in the structural department. And now all, all nine of us are, are modeling. Okay. The, some people are doing strictly like uh, design and analysis, and then we have other people who are working on the models. But yeah, most of us are completely Tecla capable. Very good, very good. You you started uh, talking, or you mentioned already a little bit about uh, how you went with the knowledge base and you started giving tips, not uh, teaching. Uh, so how was the starting in a, basically let's say in a company from scratch uh, what were the different steps how did you implement in tecla uh, and how went uh, in the end uh, teaching the users to use well it wasn't like a clean and beautiful process that anyone had given much thought of it was just like uh, mostly figured out on the way but I started with setting up uh, like templates and and uh, usual usual uh, naming schemes for for modeling parts and objects. Then we developed uh, like company standard for for naming and, and numbering all sorts of stuff. Then I contacted you <laughs> and asked for your help and and your tips and tricks. I got all of them. <laughs> Yeah, now I'm sharing with all the world, not only yeah. <laughs> companies. And uh, that's uh, then we have this massive, massive table for our like modeling standard. And I can see that it's open on that the modeling guys uh, secondary screens all the time. So that's that's how we use it mostly. And of course, we have the like standard object settings and, and stuff like that. Uh, but about the teaching part, I know we just like kind of started. Uh, well, the first thing that anyone knew did was was uh, do all of the uh, tasks for studying in Tecla campus, I think, was it? Yeah, we, I, I pointed in the campus direction. <laughs> Then anyone, uh, all the new guys and girls uh, started from there. And then when, as we went along, then they had questions and I hopefully had some answers and, and uh, here we are. <laughs> yes. 
today, if you would start a new company, then uh, what would be the first things? Uh, do you have any any idea? What what would be the order, the more lean order, or, and also what are the maybe some mistakes or you should or would avoid uh, doing uh, like starting from scratch? What you would recommend others? Okay, a more thorough like. Uh, manual on how to use the standard if you work out some sort of standard and then I don't know if, if I could maybe if someone's like a completely blank slate that doesn't know anything about uh, structural engineering or engineering drawings or or structures modeling then uh, some sort of uh, seminar or something would be helpful probably but i can't think of anything else that uh, new people should do except yeah start using the software and, and then you learn on the way and as you get better then all the questions get harder and then you get more better <laughs> uh, but about the pitfalls or or like holes not to step in hmm. That's a good question. I would have to think about that for a while. Okay, no problem. But uh, what what have you seen if there are new users coming to use Tecla? Have you seen any kind of like uh, let, let's say in every company there are these these typical mistakes, rookie mistakes that that uh, new users tend to make? Uh, do you do you have something in your mind? Yeah, hygiene, model hygiene is, is something that uh, always gets us in trouble. Like uh, if you have something with the wrong uh, prefixes or, or other filter settings that uh, don't work in the drawings the correct way, that, that's always trouble. Especially for, for new, new starters or, yeah new colleagues yeah so you have done your your tecla uh, drawing let's say like automation uh, this kind of uh, automation rules and these rules are connected to the um, modeling rules so this kind of like, naming rules and this is the main thing yes as i understand mm -hmm. yeah yeah i have taken also if some company comes to me and asks like okay Sten, can you help me then this is always my first question please show me your modeling rules and and you can't imagine how many times they're what why it's important you know everybody are doing the way as they as they wish and then as they as they see in this project and then i'm like no 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 we start with modeling rules and then we, we will see what we can do next because this is the base for everything especially when it comes into the automation yeah the the workplace i started at Marwehitus, uh, we had this uh, huge project uh, from a huge uh, engineering company from France, I think. And they gave us a manual that was like uh, 150 or 170 pages about modeling standards. Oh, uh, I like fell off my chair when, when I got the document. But uh, I think I'm now beginning to understand why all of it was needed. So yeah, modeling standards are really important to to keep the process like uh, going correctly. Yeah, I see you the the modeling standards. I like also this kind of checklist and the, and I like to tell again again this good example of McDonald's. It's in different countries. There's, it don't matter if there is like a old person doing these hamburgers or really schoolboy or schoolgirl. But everywhere you get the same hamburger all over the world. It don't matter who is doing it. And, and this is all about the system and following these steps. Like, and this is why I, I love this kind of like manuals and checklists. But there is one thing that they should be as easy as possible. Not some like really long text that nobody can read or understand. But really as simple as possible. And, and I remember also when I was engineering working in an engineering company, then we got from uh, another company, Latvian concrete company that we had the uh, podcast episode also, UPB, we got the, the, their manual, so like checklists and, and uh, or example drawings, how we need to do and, and uh, really good, really well, easy to see, okay, what, are, what we have and how we have to do and we followed the rules and, and 
this way everything works much much better uh, but the next question would be what are your top tips or tricks how how can we uh, improve the quality or, or minimize project mistakes in Tecla models <sighs> well I would lo love to say that take your time and uh check your models like thoroughly and something like that but there's no time <laughs> uh, but uh, what you still can do is uh, yeah model as as uh, as good as you can with with the standards that you've set up use as many standard objects or standard uh, components or or components from the warehouse as, as much as you can so there's as little like uh, handcraft or uh, manual labor uh, as possible and then yeah mm, what else of course there's a whole BIM issue with with uh, all of the rest of the uh, designing uh, disciplines which we'll get to I think <laughs> so yeah model checking and then flash checking and uh, of course the checklists that you mentioned those are important and um, it's it's always always another good good idea to have like another pair of eyes go over the model not just one one guy or two guys doing the model and then oh, you you can see oh you'll see it when the drawings come out it's not going to work like that. So yeah, thorough, thorough checks along the way. Because if you don't check it like the the model like daily, and then you get the result after two months, you're not going to find the small mistakes. So yeah, keep an eye on the model. Very good. So you mentioned different checklists. Uh, can you do you have some checklists in your mind? What what are the, you are following? With us? Like drawing something, uh, different kind of free bars would be in, or what kind of? Uh, can you name some checklists? Well, the checklists I use myself are mostly like about structural detailing or like structural design. Most mostly, I. I haven't used Tecla myself for a couple of years now, <laughs> but um, well, one checklist is is to check all of the the reports for objects and then cast units and then see that there's nothing any embeds without the cast unit and uh, or dummy bolts or anywhere or, or something like that that's very good uh, then one thing is the rising the quality okay if if we know that we are using different checklists and different kind of like second pair of eyes is very good also because yeah if we are only doing our things then we don't miss uh, many times uh, notice our mistakes but uh, if you look somebody's other work then it's easier to notice that hmm, something is wrong here and then you go exactly and then you, you, you can bring it out better uh, but do you have right any any tips or how we can uh, raise the efficiency like how we can get the things faster done in Tecla how we can finish our projects faster well, it's uh, the same thing about that I mentioned during the quality question that again uses much uh, like pre-made uh, components and items as, as you can because anything that you make from like by hand is is going to take a lot of time and and uh, is prone to prone to mistakes so yeah repetition or using the same kind of uh, solutions in different projects is is that uh, is the thing that will give you or us uh, efficiency and unfortunately in structural engineering if you have like a broad uh, field of different kind of projects then <laughs> 
it's not much you can copy from one model to another but um, yeah you mentioned uh, to using different uh, before you mentioned these uh, drawing optimizations they are good and now you mentioned also different using the tools one are the standard tools that come with tech and another is uh, going to warehouse the taking the extensions there are many extensions to search in but um, what kind of have you done any kind of like tools uh, inside the s plan also can you bring out some developments that you have done or some optimizations uh yeah sure uh most of the tools that uh, we use from tecla like as a standard install uh, are all of the peco stuff because in estonia we use a lot of because uh, components and like embeds uh, about custom components we have developed a few for uh, rebar around holocores and inside holocores because i haven't found any that are like already good enough in the warehouse or i don't think there are any standard components for for hollow cores uh, reinforcement are there the, there is uh, at least i know one uh, strand uh, pattern uh, hollow core strand uh, but uh, i'm not 100% i haven't uh, worked in hollow core factory myself so i'm not sure is it the thing that solves everybody's hollow core strand problem but uh, at least one tool there is uh, yeah that's that's again for the like shop drawing of the hollow core but uh, I, I meant uh, anchoring bars for the hollow cores that you put uh, like inside the hollow ends on the, the hollow cores and the perimeter rebars and those kind. We've had a couple of more during the years, but mostly they've like, fallen into the history. <laughs> and then the rest of the components are getting quite good in Tecla, like uh, the components for uh, reinforced concrete uh, sandwich of wall elements and, and the window uh, detailing and, and all of those are quite good, or at least we can use them. Maybe there are some smaller details that would need uh, fixing, but yeah, we still try to use as as much as we can. Yeah, um, I know that uh, you have done like, uh, or in your company, they have done different kind of uh, developments, um, like outside of Tecla also about management. Uh, one general qu question, what kind of, uh, do you know, or what kind of other softwares do you use in your everyday life engineers are using in S-Plan? Uh, where for analysis, we use a couple of different uh, softwares. Uh, of course, we have Autodesk's uh, Robot Structural Analysis, which is very popular here in Estonia. And then another one, a really good software that I like is uh, StruSoft's FemDesign for analysis. Mm, then, of course, Office software. <laughs> And uh, then all of the like uh, IFC viewers. Everyone has their own favorite. <laughs> Which are your favorite ones? Uh, I'm using uh, BIM Collapse Zoom since we were using the cloud for, for our issues. BIM Collapse Cloud, which is really good. What are the, some benefits? Uh, why why you like the BIM Collab? What are like uh, why not? Uh, the keyboard shortcuts. <laughs> <laughs> you can uh, like uh, save your own view. Like you can load all of the different IFC models for the project. Mostly there are like uh, eight or, or or so such different IFCs from different disciplines. And you can save your own uh, view and you can like uh, turn it on and off uh, with a keyboard shortcut. And then another great feature is the section box in which you can like uh, select an element and then 
create like six cut planes all around it so you can like see that one place uh, really quickly and then of course the pimpolab cloud which uh, which we're using because uh, the pimpolab uh, cloud has its own little software extensions for most of the softwares that we use in all of the different disciplines except i think for the electricity engineers they they don't have an extension in their software but all of the rest of the designers have have an extension that puts all of the issues like right into your own software okay you mentioned the collaboration. Can you um, need a bit uh, like tell me how how goes uh, collaboration with the different parties in in Esplan or how how you are doing this, working with others? The, it's uh, interesting. <laughs> uh, we have uh, like a couple of uh, short meetings every every week with the whole of the design team where we go over all the issues from uh, from the class checks and and other like information needs so that's how we co co collaborate and then of course we talk to each other or message each other at the moment when we were all in the office then we could talk but right now it's all instant messages and uh, yeah, we we make issues for each other, and then then try to keep track of them, and and then resolve those issues. So inside the company, also to especially now in with the COVID, when uh, most or some people are working at home, then you use BIM Collab platform basically for for most of the com communication between and working together. Well, yeah, we generate issues there, but if, if there's like a discussion going along with the issue, then the discussion is going on in mostly in teams. But uh, yeah, we generate the issues there. So in BIM Collab, because that's the only place you can find them afterwards. Because if you like generate an issue or tell someone you have a problem in teams, you're not going to find it afterwards. It's going to be buried under the hundreds of messages that you get each uh, each day so yeah the the list of uh, like active issues in in lab is really helpful for collaboration between the different project parties yes uh, talking about uh, checking the models and, and uh, co-working then i i noticed from Esplan webpage that uh, you are providing or Esplan is providing service of uh, BIM model checking and quality control service. Um, uh, have you done the, these services also somebody else is doing or what do you know? What are the things that uh, that you are checking? What what is so in, in essence what makes one uh, BIM model like uh, quality what you're checking there what are the checking points that uh... yeah it's uh, not my my field but uh, we have uh, bim managers or bim coordinators in our company and they use uh, solibri model checker for checking the models and uh, the basic stuff is what they check for quality is that all of the uh, coordinates match and the floors and sections are all uh, are all uh, the the same for different project parties. So when you so when you're talking about the third floor, everyone is talking about the third floor. Not <laughs> we had that happen in one project. Sorry, but I made an opening in a floor slab, and it came out that the interior architects had the floors uh, in another order <laughs> but uh, we got it fixed before they built it so yeah, all good all good these things happen uh, talking about uh, talking about interesting cases and interesting projects uh, do you have i think uh, 
yes, do you have some project to, to bring forward, uh, some interesting project that uh, you had a lot of fun or there was something different uh, or special about um, this, let's say, Tecla or BIM project? Well, every project is special at Esplan <laughs> because, yeah, we, we have a very wide uh, uh, wide field of, of different projects that we use. We have like office buildings, apartment buildings, schools, kindergartens, municipality buildings, uh, factories. Uh, okay, about the interesting projects, or you mean that uh, if I could show you some projects? Yeah, some specific one. Uh, this was. Uh, or is is a school in in Yofi. and what made this uh, project really interesting and difficult is the is the architecture of course it has these huge uh, cantilevers if i can turn the, the architects were from uh, Gauss architect and uh, it's this uh, lovely triangular shape uh, building between a rectangular building and a round building. And what made it interesting was the architecture and what made it really, really difficult was fitting all of the things that the building needs into this building because the space was really confined and we had to put all of the like HVAC machinery on different roofs and different like awnings. And uh, that's what made it difficult. Uh, it was also interesting because of the different uh, structures that we have here. We have, we have precast wall elements, precast the steel element, or not precast steel, <laughs> steel elements uh, and, and uh, frame structures uh, with the timber beams as the like secondary roof beams and lots of lots of different uh, small details here and there. Looks really great. Uh, do you know more or less how much uh, man-hour you, you have put on this project then? Uh, I don't want to look at it <laughs> from that perspective. Too painful. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's very painful. But it looks very nice. Uh, how is generally in Esplan, how goes to the project workflow? Can you give step-by-step step some overview? Uh, yeah, well, usually we start with the preliminary design. Yeah, uh, then the architecture architectural team like uh, gets their vision together uh, with the client. Uh, the structural engineers help out. Uh, try to find the places that would could uh, bear some loads. Usually there aren't many places that can be load-bearing. <laughs> Everything has to float. Mm. Uh, if, uh, if it's a, like a difficult project, which most are, then we start uh, modeling as quickly as possible for the structure part uh, two, just to get the space reservations for, for structures like uh, so everyone could know where beams and columns are and where uh, like shear walls and stuff like that. Because if, if you don't uh, model those things in quickly, then you're not going to be able to find space for them with th through all of the ducts and uh, other piping that that is needed for a good functioning building these days. And uh, then well, after the preliminary design, we usually have the detailed design straight after that. Uh, sometimes we have the, the tender stage between those two. It's main design in Estonian, but I don't know what it is in 
in English. Uh, but uh, then, yeah, we keep working on the analysis and uh, the model gets more detailed and detailed uh, as we go along. Uh, we usually give out like these preliminary drawings without any annotations or, or dimensions, just so everyone could uh, use them as references because uh, using IFCs as references in other other modeling or other disciplines softwares is still painful, unfortunately. So that's where we we make the preliminary like plans and, and sections and elevations. And uh, yeah, that, that's how it goes until it's the end, they're out of time and then everyone's mad at you. So in, in S-Plan, how is it normally the uh, one man gets the project and uh, goes from start to, to the end with this project or there you have gone this way uh, that you divide different tasks uh, between different uh, people like who is doing the checking, who is doing the calculations, who is doing the preliminary project, who is uh, like modifying the drawings in the end. So how is with that? Yeah, ideally it would be that uh, like the responsible structural engineer starts with the project and goes all the way to the end with it. Usually since the deadlines and schedules are so tight, uh, one person isn't enough to, to analyze it and, and keep, keep track of all of the project and all of the little details that go along with it. So uh, yeah, we work in teams. Uh, we usually divide it uh, somehow, the project, if, if it's dividable, like uh, a person is working with uh, foundations or piles or something like uh, everything underground and the, the other, other structural engineer is working with the stuff above ground and then there's a, like, uh, other people modeling and then checking the models uh, yeah and we we use uh, lots of spreadsheets to keep track of who's doing what <laughs> and where uh, we're also using uh, jira software to or the project managers are using jira software to to keep track of uh, like the man hours and uh, some, some tasks, but there are so many tasks that you need to do in when structural designing something that putting all those tasks into Jira would like uh, fill the internet or something like that. <laughs> so yeah, all of the smaller tasks are, are kept uh, between the engineers. We're not gonna bother the project managers with, with the, that detailed information. Yes, I, I have heard, I just, uh, from my last, oh, I was giving the Tecla basic uh, training and then there was question also about uh, working different uh, engineers working in the same model and, and what happens if uh, they by accident go and modify the same objects and, and yes, my, my advice was also like, uh, you have to somehow, or like I gave some ideas how they can control who is doing in what area and, and then this is like crucial to keep separated so as i understood in s plan you are using some excel or not excel google drive or excel sheets or some like this kind of special documents where everybody are writing every day then on which area they're working or how it how it goes uh, yeah, on, we try to use, like, keep the same people on, on like, the same areas at least. Uh, but yeah, in spreadsheets, like cloud spreadsheets that everyone can edit at the same time and, and uh, keep, keep the information flowing. <laughs> I have heard about this Jira and, and uh, in many times uh, software engineers and software engineering companies are using this so 
do you know have you looked inside do, are you managing also what what's the uh, tecla or structural engineer cases that you're using or what the, the benefits are that you get there well i suppose you you could use it uh, for all of the stuff that we do on the spreadsheets but uh, it would be really cumbersome somehow feels like that at least uh, but the project managers, yeah, they, they estimate like uh, time for for different parts of the projects and and use Gantt charts from from Jira and in in there. Uh, but yeah, I've tried to keep myself out of it as much as possible. <laughs> I have a, a lot going on already. <laughs> yeah, but do you know what kind of? Uh... KPIs or key perform uh, indications uh, in S plan. They are tracking the how, how what they are doing about planning, and I have heard, I think even seen that uh, you are using also this uh, Power PI software. It's a really cool dashboard. Can you bring some examples uh, of this also? What kind of information or data you are tracking, and and based on what you are doing, different kind of uh, decisions on management level. Uh, well, uh, Power BI is uh, used. Uh, I think it's used uh, for for like uh, time tracking and and issue issue management as well. So there's like this: uh, if if a project manager wants to set it up, a couple of do, a couple don't. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, you can see like a live graphically understandable uh, chart of, of how many issues are like active and what are closed and how is the project doing. Uh, <clears throat> another thing I think that they're using is, uh, is to see how, how the time is spent on or, or how much time has been spent on, on a project already. But uh, key performance indicators, uh, uh, I don't know about that one. <laughs> it's it's behind your back, but uh, you you mentioned the time tracking. So is Power BI the, that's tracking also? You you are using some third parties that uh, track the time somehow, and then they go to Power BI or how how it's? Yeah, we we log our time in uh, in Jira, and then it magically appears somewhere. That, that's okay. how they do it. Very good. Do you put there also the tasks or what kind of information you every person has to enter about the, about the time they spent? Uh, like a small description of, of what you did for for whatever entry you're putting into the time logger. We mostly have uh, like three or four tasks for each project. At least I do uh, for like uh, documentation, modeling, analysis, and we're not going to go any any like more detailed than that in Jira because you're not going to find the correct task <laughs> if there's too many uh, because you're not working on only one project at a time, right? Of course, never. <laughs> Yes, about the time tracking, then uh, I myself personally use uh, Toggle. Uh, you can, everybody can find this. It's uh, really good uh, time tracking. And this is how I, I give also to my clients the reports. So where did I spend the, the time that they are paying for? And then they can see really nicely. So if any, any listener is looking for a uh, free solution it's free for small companies or like small persons uh, like individual persons and and uh, if the more projects or companies somewhere comes the limit where, where it comes um, paid version but uh, i have all the time it's free version has been enough for me and this time tracking is really really good we do decisions based on our our the results are like indicators and then we can do our ourselves in different kind of decisions which which um, we should change or improve in the future or also do the reporting to others so time tracking is definitely something to do right though 
you mentioned uh, putting different information to Jira, but uh, does S-Plan use any kind of user-defined attributes also as this is the like interesting out of the box using Tecla? Do you have any, any user-defined attributes, what you're using status is or something, dates on? Uh, in Tecla, yeah, we have a couple of user-defined attributes, but mostly we get along with the attributes that are already uh, like in the default uh, settings. Uh, since we're using construction modeling licenses, or what are we going to use now? They ended all of those. That's my question. Do you know what you are going to use? Uh, I, I, well, the viewer viewer version is is not gonna be be enough for us. So that was what uh, carbon was it? No. Yeah, carbon. Carbon was the viewer, right? I, I think yes, and graphite was the second one. Yeah, that's the one that we're gonna have to start using. Ah, oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, since we were using the construction modeling licenses, we had a couple of different uh, UDAs for, for numbering stuff, because the construction modeling license doesn't uh, let you number things automatically, automatically with Tecla. Uh, we had, yeah, manual labor for that. Uh, but since we were only we numbering uh, like assemblies and cast units, then it wasn't really too bad, but cumbersome still. <sighs> and then we have uh, the user defined attributes that are required by the RECAS, like state state company for for uh, buildings. Yeah, basic national requirements. Yeah. But other than that, I don't remember having anything more special. Very good, very good. Um, okay, the last questions. Uh, what do you think or what do you know? Where goes uh, S-Plan with Tecla in the future? What is the focus or what's the plan? Well, graphite licenses are <laughs> on the horizon. Uh, which had uh, a couple of more features than the construction modeling did. I think it now allows you to uh, number rebars and, and cast in place concrete. So that's something good. Uh, something that we'll need to edit our current system around. Uh, but other than that, uh, yeah, we'll still still use TechLock because I don't know that there's anything better around anywhere. Uh, it's, it's like the fastest way to model structures and it has the most, most tools for, for different details. And uh, yeah, we'll just keep on working on our quality and, and efficiency. Very good, very good. Keep going on. But um, what do you think? What are the like uh, general? If if we see construction industry as a whole, thinking outside of Tecla only, then what do you think where construction industry will go? Uh, for example, in five years or, or ten years. Well, uh, I really hope that they they'll actually start using the models on the site because right now it's uh, very minimal. Uh, and and uh, hopefully all of the, uh, what's AR amplified through reality? No, it's not. It's augmented reality. Augmented reality. Amplified. Amplified would also be cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, AR could, could be helpful for checking all of the piping and other stuff and the tolerances and, and those things. But yeah, if, if they could start using the models in on site, it would, it would be revolutionary. Yeah, I have some. Uh, so uh, we could, yeah. so we wouldn't Sorry. need to make so many drawings. Yes. 
the, the dream is, uh, and there are some projects uh, I have heard here and there where they are doing uh, building and, and everything without any, any drawings. And, in, and at least in Estonia, we can put the digital signatures that's, uh, that has the same value or the same, uh, uh, how to say, same meaning that normal, in, in the eyes of law, it's the same as normal. Uh, signature so there is a possibility to and there are uh, projects who are doing uh, or companies who are uh, doing all the projects without any any drawings and I remember when I was engineer also it was the same thing I was dreaming that okay we are doing so nice beautiful 3d models and and uh, we are putting uh, it's a lot of yeah, a lot of information and in the, in the, in the construction site, they're still looking the drawings. But um, I have to say that I have seen more and more uh, friends who are working on the construction site. They come and ask like, or companies also that, okay, then we, we get more, more, more and more these IFC models. What can we do? And then I have given some trainings also about, okay, what these people can do on the construction site with these IFC models and uh, how can they use, take the quantities, uh, view, see the uh, mistakes for the communication, all these kind of things. And let's hope that it gets better. So Raido, uh, any last words, wishes, recommendations? Mm, stay safe, stay healthy. <laughs> Good. So thank you for this uh, great interview. And I hope you got uh, some ideas what you could uh, take to your company or your use cases and, and what kind what what to do and how to use Tecla. Uh, if you would like to get uh, more information about Esplan and, and uh, about what they are doing or contact them, then I recommend to go check out their webpage uh, esplan.ee. You can Google it also and you find quite easily in LinkedIn the, you search for Esplan and you find quite many they are putting some posts there time to time and I personally love this uh, as I mentioned at the beginning these uh, YouTube videos that uh, go and check out the uh, Esplan um, YouTube channel and they have really nice uh, uh, videos there uh, also about their different kind of developments what they have done um, and uh, yes I remember it was uh, really cool and 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 you will find some useful things there also. If you like this uh, episode, uh, you found it uh, useful, then uh, follow us also in YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn. LinkedIn uh, uh, in YouTube and Facebook, you should uh, find a search for DS Guide. And in LinkedIn, I think uh, it's better to find my personal profile, Sten Dudak. And um, follow or subscribe to our channel to get more notifications and where we come out with these kind of uh, new articles or broad podcast episodes. So we try to keep, uh, give you uh, good information and useful uh, to help out as many Tecla users as possible as, as we helped one day, one day also explain a little bit with our knowledge. So. I hope it was useful and uh, see you next time, next episode.